And then, Matt, I don't know how much you listen to the episodes and stuff, but the other thing we try to do is before we actually get into the episode is just sort of bullshit for a while and see if I can come up with a cold open for the for the show. Oh, okay, yeah. So, you yeah, know, but... no pressure, but, you know, you're the new guy, so you got to give us something be funny. Some here. Oh, oh man. On, on the spot, spotlight's <laughs> on. Pressure's on. Okay. I mean, I don't ever want you to feel pressured unless it's for the cold open. Then, please. <laughs> <laughs> So that time is now. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying feel pressure, but uh, feel pressure right now until you say something brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, so I can share something clock. with you here. Maybe it'll inspire you. Maybe it'll help. But I have one of my favorite Funko Pops right here, and it's also one of my least favorite for multiple reasons. But right here, this is the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. And this is the most unbalanced piece of shit that will not stand on its own. It looks awesome. But it does not fucking stand. The head weighs four times as much as the rest of it, and it like it. It even has like the little like circle plate they give them. I was gonna say, doesn't it come so, with a stand or something? Yep, doesn't work. Thing just falls right the fuck over every time because it's like it's just so horribly unbalanced. And I wish it wasn't because it's so awesome, but it it just. Mm. Well, I have my goat friend here. Uh, speaking of, it's not a Funko Pop, but I uh, <laughs> use this as kind of therapy at work. Um, and he is very well balanced. Uh, he can sit on my hand perfectly fine. And, um, you know, if I ever get frustrated or, you know, just need to let some energy out, uh, he has this feature. Uh, you can hear that. He's, he screams. Uh, so. Screaming goat. You guys should just. Granted, it's very difficult to do over Skype, but just reenact the scene from Jurassic Park when the T-Rex eats the goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just just have him just crawl along here, <laughs> hiding in the trees somewhere, just, and the goat's up there. It's good for an audio podcast. As you're yeah, no, it's, <laughs> for an audio podcast, this doesn't work. Like I'm, well, just for, picture for those of you that can't see, I'm walking scene, the T-Rex yes. across the screen. <laughs> just picture so picture the T-Rex with uh, the big head mode cheat on. <laughs> and it's it's walking across the Skype screen, <laughs> trying to eat Matt's goat <laughs> and throw its poor lunch. little leg at Lexi. <laughs> I think we sold it. I think that's it. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is one of our veterans, Tyrannus, a.k.a. Mike Bradley. Hi. You, you didn't have a, like a a quippy line to go with the episode. I thought veteran was good enough, right? No, no, no. I meant, like, usually it's like, oh, welcome to Bry Guy and His Super Friends, and then you say, like, something, something, something about what we're going to talk about that's, like, clever in some way. You usually yeah. Usually something like that. I didn't, I didn't do that one this time. Ah. Well... Well, I called you the veteran because we we have the pleasure of welcoming a brand new super friend. So this is his first time on the show. We're we're gonna try our best to go easy on him. Uh, Matt Nickel is here. Hi, it's great to be here. And uh, yes, thanks for uh, easing me into the black guy <laughs> experience. Yeah, you and I. I mean, you and I have been trying to schedule you for at least a video game themed episode for what two years ish. 
I feel like I've it tried for like yeah two E3s ago. I think I've tried to get you on for the E3 stuff, and we we couldn't ever make it work. Well, it's great to finally make it. Yeah, no E3 this year, but we we got John for yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah, once E3 is stopped, you know, now I'm have all sorts of availability. Yeah. yeah, so at least we got some sort of video game theme, and you know, these might be more uh, frequent, I guess, this year with the the summer game fest stuff going on. We don't have one weekend of E3; we have a whole summer of video game announcements. So we may be hitting you up more than likely for other episodes that are coming down the pipe. Great, look forward to it. Because we don't know yeah. what the hell's coming later, but. I certainly when it, when hope there's enough reason to talk about more stuff. I, I hope they give us lots to discuss. Yeah. You know. I'm already getting excited for the, Mike, the thing I tweeted yesterday for Monday. There, There's a Star Wars Squadrons game that we're getting yeah. a trailer for Monday. So I'm already like, ooh, what is that? Yeah, that looks, yeah. Like a Squadron game coming back from Star Wars is awesome, hopefully. Uh we don't know anything more about it than the name right now, so... We had a name we... and, like, a poster. That's been it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. already like, let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I I share the sentiment, and I am definitely uh, going to be watching that on Monday. And uh, I think what, what, what I said was, like, I, I really hope there's good story content there. And you brought up the Alphabet Squadron, which I... That would be awesome if it ties into it. Um, yeah, just to give it. you more lore to the characters in the game. Yeah, because I think there's there's at least two Alphabet Squadron novels, I think, right now. And I'm, I'm oh, assuming this, they're trying the to do a trilogy of, of books. I haven't been keeping up with my Star Wars reading. i got to get caught up again. Yeah, those are ones I haven't read, so I'm not, not as familiar with those. I just know they exist. I think I have it, like, pinged on Kindle to purchase the first one. Yeah, okay. And just didn't do it yet because I haven't been reading at all. Like, I just haven't been yeah. reading lately. Well, that'll be something hopefully we, we try to – definitely going to touch on eventually. I don't know if it'll be next week or, or co- maybe we'll try to let some video game news pile up before we try to cover some stuff. I don't know if I want to do video games every single week because I, I don't feel like <laughs> we'd have as much, as much listeners for that stuff as we do some of the other stuff we cover. But we'll, Fortunately, we'll there's just happens. not movie news happening. I know. That's the Wait, other thing too. There's nothing. Like I'm, I'm jonesing for new movies yeah. and they're just not there. Hopefully in the fall. We got yeah. something to hopefully look forward to in the fall. But, alright, so we're going to, as I mentioned, we're going to do video game stuff for this one. So we got two big reveal streams that happened uh, over the last week. So we had Sony, a couple days ago, revealed the PS5 console and some games. And Bungie laid out their plan for Destiny. The game that just won't ever die, that we always seem to talk about every time there's a content update. Uh, so we will be covering all that stuff too. So we'll open... Uh, with the PlayStation 5 stuff. So this is, again, a few days ago, Sony had their uh, video that they put online probably about an hour, I guess, what, probably about an hour, I think, long that they showed some stuff. It was about an hour and yeah, 40 hour. minutes, okay. actually. Oh, that long? I or wait, no, they, I'm trying to remember, because I watched it start to finish, but the YouTube video, I didn't get to watch it live, I had to watch the YouTube video, and it had like a half an hour. So, so yeah, probably like, like countdown hour like an stuff. Hour. Yeah, I don't know why they don't take that off the YouTube videos they put out. There's like literally like on their YouTube video, it's like 25 minutes of dead air. Yeah, leading into the actual event that they were doing, and it's like, who's editing this for you? <laughs> like, Maybe eventually. I feel like it's just a live broadcast, whatever they do, and then you just like post it back up until they edit it out or whatever. Maybe, but either way, uh, so they 
Sony finally showed off what the console is going to look like. We got two versions of it. We have one with a disk drive and one that's completely digital. Uh, they previewed a few accessories. Um, I'm not going to go over the specs. I think we talked about that before on previous episodes. Um, they showed off 26 games and sort of like we do if, if you've listened to the E3 episodes. We, try and, we really don't cover everything that they've talked about because that would just be – it ends up being too long. Um, so we are not going to be covering all the games that were revealed and all that stuff like that. We'll just kind of cover what stood out to each of us personally kind of thing. Um, but just starting with the console itself. So I guess, Matt, you're the newbie. We're going to throw you under the fire right away. First impressions of the console. What do you think? Uh, I am torn about the design. Um, I respect Sony's um, stance where they, they typically wow us with the design, you know, they're not afraid to go different, you know, from the PS2, PS3, PS4, you know, they, they've kept us guessing uh, with the designs each time. Uh, with the PS5, um, I, I kind of think it's clever how they, how the shape of it looks like a Roman numeral 5. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a big fan of the white plastic, though. Um, I think it would look a little sleeker if it was all, all black. Um for me personally, um, I think it might stand out a little too much in my entertainment center. Um, I kind of like the more subdued, classic look of the Series X. Um, okay. Do you have? Is everything on your entertainment center like black, dark colored? Yeah, we have dark colored uh, wood furniture, and yeah, the, everything else is black. You know, black Switch, black Xbox. You know, I I can appreciate the kind of the bolder look of the of the PS Five. Um, during the event, uh, I was wondering if it had to be vertical. I thought the same um, thing. I think the, yeah. Yeah, I guess they released some screenshots where uh, it can't have a horizontal orientation, which um, I think helps. You know, it'll it'll kind of sit in on a shelf a little a little more, which I think is how I would do it. Right. Um, I'm also considering. I, I think I know which direction I would go, but versus the all digital versus the one with the drive, um, you know. Thinking purely objectively, I haven't popped in a 4K Blu-ray to watch, <laughs> I think, ever. <laughs> and nowadays, I'm buying almost all of my games digitally, unless you know, there's a fantastic sale on physical media. Right. So if I was thinking purely rationally, if the price difference was enough, you know, I'd say 50 or more dollars price difference for the digital only, I should probably get the digital only. But I also know how I am. I'll, I'll, I'll convince myself to get the one with the drive. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, in case you ever have to put a disc in, you want to have that option. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I guess if you ha- if it's fifty dollars difference and you get five physical games that are ten dollars cheaper than digital, you'll have made your money back. But, you know, I don't know if that would actually happen. Do you? I mean, just from a Blu-ray standpoint, do you buy four K Blu-rays or you just buy movies digitally? We mainly stream now. Okay, uh, all know, right. We usually do Netflix. I have a giant shelf of DVDs, but you know those were you know, largely before the 4K 4K Blu-ray became a thing. Right. Um, okay. So I don't know. I, I even if a, to be honest, even if it's a fifty dollar difference, I'd probably get the, <laughs> the physical <laughs> one. Now, if it's a hundred dollar difference, which I would be hard pressed to believe would be true, uh, that might be a little harder to pass up on the digital. Right. Uh, Mike, thoughts on the console? Um, so I, I tend to agree with what Matt said about the price difference mattering. 
um, as far as which one to choose. Because, again, you can save some money sometimes on physical copies. I'm never going to use it as a Blu-ray player. That's not going to happen. I have a Blu-ray player in there. This will be in my office at the monitor. Like, I'm not... The Blu-ray player is useless to me. It would just be to save money on games by buying them physically. Which... I don't really do. Yeah. Um. So, the price difference will matter. Uh, because I, I would definitely prefer the digital version. It looks better. I feel like the version with the disc looks a little wonky because it has that like protrusion on the side at the bottom, yeah. whereas the other one doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say anything terribly bad about it. I was surprised they went with a white console for the first time at launch. Mm. Um, that's a change for them. Um. I don't know that I, I don't know, like I, for purposes of arranging our media, I like that pretty much everything has nice squared corners, so you have a very defined edge of where it's going to be. Oh, so you gotta love that Xbox console design, right? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, it's large, that's the problem with the Xbox design, is it looks like it's very large in general. I just mean in this case, like, I don't necessarily like rounded corners aesthetically. Okay. On it. Like, it, it just doesn't, I don't know, fit Did aesthetically. Yeah, the, uh, the pictures of the, you know, they, they took the disk drive size and compared the Series X versus the PS5 side by side. It looked like the PS5 was going to be about two times taller. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I assume that's for big. cooling purposes, you know, I, I, yeah. which I'm all for. You know, my PS4 Pro. I like it, but that guy's loud. You know, my <laughs> Xbox One X is virtually silent most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things I was going to actually recommend to you. If they're recommending to do it vertical, that's probably for cooling purposes, too. Not just mm-hmm. stylistically. So, like, a lot of times with consoles, if they recommend to go vertical, just do it. Even if it looks dumb, it can preserve the life of the console. I always thought, vertic- well, at least past generations, vertically was bad because of the disk drives. Like you don't, it would it would eventually over time just gravity would start pulling the disc drive down when you lay the console vertically. So when you put a game in, it wouldn't read because it's off from the laser because the disc drive shifts. It, that could be true, but, I, but that I'm was sure when, they've sorted that, these things out by now. That was when the disc drive would like come out, like eject. Yeah, you had a, you had a don't tray. Do anymore. So yeah. you'd still, I think now with like the disc drive just being solid in the console, I think you'd be fine that way. Yeah. And, and then, I guess it depends on the quality of the components they're using, you know, especially for this generation, it seems like uh, this upcoming generation, they're, they're not sparing any expense. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it's built, I just, hopefully in either orientation, it's built to, uh, <laughs> built to last. You'd hope they've gone through extensive testing if they, if they are putting this out on the market with that, that way. Oh yeah, I just mean it'll run. It, like if it if they're designing it with the intent of vertical, it'll probably run a little bit hotter if it's on its side. Yeah, like if it's laying horizontal, just a little bit hotter probably, just because I'm sure one of the fans or vents or something will be a little bit obstructed. In well, plus, case. like Matt said, if you put it horizontal, you don't get that 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 V. In the design, yeah, you you're not going to sideways be so like a Pac-Man. Or <laughs> well, you may be selling me on this now. <laughs> I may have to get a yellow version of this console. 
Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I, I really like the, the console design. I don't know what I was really expecting. And it's kind of funny that like Xbox and PlayStation, I feel like are, are two opposite ends of the spectrum. Now you have a brick and then you have something that looks next gen and very futuristic on the PlayStation side. Um, the color scheme for me, I, I blue and white together is like one of my favorite, like co- color combinations. So I am all for this console. I think it looks fucking great. That being sure. said, if it was black to blend in with pretty much every other console that I have, I'd be fine with that too. Black and the blue light would, I think, look really cool too. Well, you have the Spider-Man PlayStation now, yeah, so that you're one not really up. that worried about blending. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, that was just, if, if it's, I don't care what color that was, it was a Spider-Man console. I'm getting it, <laughs> putting it on my entertainment center. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, just for, yeah, for me, I think I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I, I, and I was trying to think, like Matt was saying, with the disc driver digital, in the long run, I will probably end up getting the Xbox console and the PlayStation console. I don't know when, but just as the, the gamer in me needs to have both. That being said, I will most likely probably get the Xbox console with a disc drive, so I will probably not need a disc drive for the PlayStation 5. So my eyes are on the digital version for the PlayStation yeah. 5. Yeah, that was a thought I had. I mean, I already have a... 4K Blu-ray player with the Xbox One X, but I'll probably uh, replace that with the Series X. Right. But, you know, again, I I know how I am. I'll probably get both with disc drives. I mean, I'm a I'm assuming the Series X will also do one all digital too. You would expect, yeah. So there's always that rumor about Anaconda. You know, that was found. Evidence of that was found in uh, Windows of all things. You know, the the reference to the second. Um, new xbox uh, yeah be interesting to see if that is a digital only version or if it's actually gonna be a lower spec one which i think was the other rumor oh, okay. uh, surrounding that to yeah, make I it is- cheaper yeah i assume digital only that i, I would hope that's the case but... yeah i hope so too i mean they, they're always going to develop for the least common denominator so right you know hopefully the series x is the least common denominator there um and Matt, you sort of talked about it too, but we one thing that this stream did not give us was a price point. So we are still waiting to hear what any of these consoles are going to cost. And I know we've talked about it before. Our our best guesses for what these consoles, you know, whether you want to just talk about the PlayStation or we could even make a guess for both of them, the the Series X also. But Matt, what's your best guess for prices for these things? I think that. Both the Series X and the PS5 with the drive are going to be $500. Um, I think it would be, even marketing them as a premium experience, I think it would be a hard sell to uh, go above that. I, I think below that, they'd be taking too much of a hit, you know, based on my understanding of the component cost there. So I think 500 is probably the sweet spot. Uh, the PS5 all digital, I think, will be 450 Yeah. I I can't argue that. I think those are right around where I'm thinking too. Because when PS three or four, which one launched at like six hundred bucks or something? Wasn't three. one of them PS three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that three was way so overpriced. Bad. Yeah, so they, they you'd hope they'd learn their lesson from that, and we'll never do that again. And then you know this coming this past or this current generation, uh, you know, including Connect and being a hundred dollars more, right. being a less powerful system, definitely bit Microsoft, and they didn't quite ever recover from that. So you know, I, I think both both companies are very sensitive to price, and they everyone's waiting for the other guy to. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> show there's their one hand thing <laughs> I like. I am willing to promise about the price of these consoles. The one that announces their price second will be cheaper than the one that announces their price first. 
Absolutely. I, I'm with you. I, I bet that both companies have their first price choice and their second price choice to uh, undercut the competition. No so doubt. somebody's going to come out at 500 and the next guy's going to be like, well, 450 or four back. You know, yeah, like just, I, I, I no, they're playing chicken. We, we, we talked about it a little bit in the pre-show. They're playing chicken with one another on this. They don't want to tell people what the price is going to be until the other one does. And it's, it's not that I, I don't think it's that the price is going to be so high is why they're avoiding doing it. I think it's because they, you know, Microsoft learned last time we came out first with the price. Sony undercut us by a hundred dollars on the price and they outsold us because they were a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. I mean, what's the thing? If they, if they both know they're going to end up at $500, just fucking put it out at $500. Who the fuck cares? Yes. If you're both the same price, just throw it out there. A lot of Someone's consumers have to do care, we're though. getting We're getting closer and closer. You know, I mean, it's, it's June, but... Uh... <laughs> Pre-orders are going to have to happen right. at some yes. point. Right. And they're going to need a price there, which, believe it or not, there was actually um, one company that posted up a pre-order option ahead of time for... Uh, the PS5. It's not an official price or anything. It was just their own thing, and it said some Asian company posted it for eight hundred dollars. If you wanted to pre-order it through them right now, so they don't even know. They're just throwing out a number. Well, I think that like their price was like to guarantee you can get a pre-order. You can pay us, you know, whatever their price is, and then whatever the extra is up to our eight hundred dollar price. Yeah, I think Amazon UK did that too. They they just said it was a mistake. I think they backed off from it. But I think it was 550 pounds, which I think gets us to that round 800 US dollar level. Uh, yeah. I I don't I can't see a world where it would be that expensive. I, oh, no way. Yeah. If they come out at $800 either console, it's not going to sell. It's too much. Oh yeah, for sure. It, like if it was to come out honestly anything above 5 and either one of them is going to struggle like hell to sell. Uh, and and you're just not going to sell people on it because especially in the economy we're at right now, where we're at in our economy currently with so many people unemployed and all the crazy shit going on, you need to come out with an affordable price point. And I think they both know that. I, I, I hope they're both well aware of that, but I guess we'll just find out whenever the hell they decide to actually tell us. I mean, it's one of those things where like, I know I'm getting it either way. Because gaming is a part of my life. It's what I do. But their mass market is not necessarily people that spend as much time gaming as the three of us do. Sure. So they need to sell it to those people. And then hope that they buy it. Because they know we're going to buy it. They know they have, you know, that captive audience of X amount of people that are going to buy, you know, at least one of these at launch, if not both, when they launch. In the fall, and then they have all the other people and all the little kids and the parents buying it for Christmas. You know, they sure, got it. I mean, Microsoft and Sony, uh, or at least Microsoft has said that yeah, manufacturing is not affected by you know, the, the whole COVID 19 thing. Um, I'm skeptical. I, I'd love to, for that to be the case, but yeah, I, I suspect that definitely for the 2020 launch, it's going to be. Uh, they're counting on the the hard hardcore gamers like the like three of us more than than oh, the mass yeah. market audience. So maybe the price can be higher at that point. You know, yeah. well, five hundred, six hundred. I'd I'd probably jump on it either way. I don't. I I would not. Yeah, I mean, again, that's us. Yes, <laughs> you know, but I would not 
put it past that to be a lie that they're just putting out there, but I would not also say that I wouldn't expect some shortages of availability due to COVID on both of the consoles, and that maybe it's good to pre-order two or three of them and resell. You might be able to make your money back. I don't think there's been a console launch ever that's been able to meet demand that I can think of. Yeah, that's true. There's usually shortages, yeah. Especially on, on launch. Like, they're, they, every every console you try to go to, by Christmas, everybody's sold out of whatever you're looking for. Right. I think some of that's manufactured uh, shortages. Right. Uh, with COVID-19, I think it might be real. <laughs> yeah. But even, right. even still, like, in the be. in the past, when even there wasn't COVID-19 to worry about, people were saying, they'd all say, yes, manufacturing is fine, we'll, we'll be able to meet demand, and then they don't. Every time. No, I think I think what he was saying was manufactured, as in they were trying to create craze around the yes. system by limiting yeah, okay. the amount of availability. Yeah, right. that's a that's a traditional Nintendo trick. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people say, yeah. Mm-hmm. It must be great. Nobody can get one. <laughs> right. I mean, Nintendo makes a lot of money, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm they, not saying they're wrong. You know. <laughs> well, they 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 follow through on their product being great at the same yes. time as doing that tactic, so it works both ways. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, the craze. I, I love watching people go crazy. It's, it's people watching. Oh yeah. It's, and, a, it's an exciting time on any, around any launch. I definitely get oh, yeah. hyped for, I mean, how, how can you not if you're <laughs> a hard so gamer? So for, for both of you, what, what is your best guess as to when we will hear prices? I don't know what is. Does Xbox have an have an event scheduled yet? When they will do, like some sort of other reveal for the for the Series X? Is it sometime in July? Yeah, I heard July. I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember an exact date they specified one, but I believe they announced a July event. So do you think we'll hear prices before that, or do you think we'll get a price for the Xbox then and the PlayStation Five somewhere around then, or you think they'll both wait until September? Yeah, I think they're both going to hold out as long as humanly possible. Um, Chicken. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'd say September is the absolute latest they could possibly right. not hold off. You know, to, to Mike's point about pre-orders, you know, right? How can you start pre-orders past that? Um, I I think August, early August on the early end for pricing, or September is my guess. I'd be surprised if Microsoft revealed it in July. Okay. I'll make the same point about chicken. I'd say you'll get one on whatever day, and within an hour, you'll get the other price. (laughs) It'll be tweeted out by Sony that their price was whatever, and Microsoft will instantly be like, oh, ours is 100 less. Yeah. Don't you want ours now? Pre-orders are open. One thing I think they might try, you know, they might try to blur the value proposition a little bit, uh, especially things like Game Pass. Um, you know, if one doesn't want to be a clear cut, cheaper option, you know, Microsoft could have something where, you know, our console is $50 more, but you get a year of game pass with it too. You know, so it's not quite as clear cut. Um, well, they do some of that stuff now. Like doesn't Xbox has a, a subscription model. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's along those lines. So you could, you could, you get a console, you get game pass, you get live, um, I don't remember if you get games with it or not, but then it's like you pay like 20, 25 bucks a month, depending on what type of console you buy for the next two years. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, yeah, maybe they do something like that with the new console too. You know, from Microsoft's perspective, I know they're heavily invested in Game Pass, and I think, you know, it'd be a bold move, but I think trying to really hammer that home would be interesting since I don't think 
you know, PS Now is an exact analog to it. You know, I don't think right. Sony has quite the answer to Game Pass yet. Yeah. I mean, the only way Sony's going to have an answer to that, based on Microsoft getting that leg up on them, is to put their exclusive games on their PS Now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because that's what Microsoft is doing. So, like, all these, you know, like, Gears 5 and, like, any Gears game, it's just going to be on Game Pass. You're not going to have Halo to buy Infinite that game. Hitting Halo day and day with Game Pass. Yep. So, so, if Sony does that, they can match them. So all these exclusive games, a lot of them we're about to talk about, if they're on Sony's service, then they're starting to make their progress. If you still have to buy them, then they're yeah, not as all, invested in that idea. It's all first-party stuff that's hitting Game Pass for Microsoft, like Gears and... Well, yeah, because Gears is... Now I'm second-guessing myself. Is Coalition owned by Microsoft? They're a Microsoft studio, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think Because so. I know it's, 343 I, is um, for Halo. Right. That's a Microsoft-owned studio. Um, and they were they were buying up studios all last D three. So anything that those studios were making, there's a good chance all that stuff's gonna hate uh, hit um, Game Pass. So yeah. you figure all the stuff that PlayStation was uh, debuting in this just in this video that was from PlayStation Studios, any of that stuff that's they're exclusive to PlayStation system seller type games. You put them on something like PlayStation Now, and yeah, that's a system seller in itself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Sony is fantastic for uh, first party, and I, I thought this, you know, the 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 state of play had a great blend of new IP and you know existing IP. You know, the very strong lineup I think from this event. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it that way. Let's let's spin to the game. So again, we're not going to cover all 26 games that they covered. So just go around. We'll just talk about some of the stuff that caught your attention, some of the stuff you're looking forward to personally to you. What stood out. Uh, we'll go with Mike. Mike, we'll let you start this one. Um, I'd like to say, first of all, that uh, it was somewhat concerning to me. I started watching the event, and they led off with Grand Theft Auto Five, And I was kind of like, why is this the lead-in? Because it's, like, they're saying, you know, like, expanded and enhanced. For that to really matter, it's going to have to really be expanded. Yeah, they didn't, Rockstar didn't give a lot of details on what is expanding and what is different. Right, it, so but for we'll it to, to be see. a big enough deal to head headline this event is the first thing they put on. <laughs> it, it was like, well, I get that Rockstar paid for that. You know, what I mean, I like I understand that. It's just, it felt like I was a little bit concerned. Uh, and I then, think one thing that I was looking at, like the little bits of information that Rockstar did tweet about what was happening with GTA Five on next gen consoles and stuff like that. The one thing they eventually said was that somewhere down the line the next-gen console experience for GTA Five will be getting exclusive content that is not coming to this console generation, which is the same thing they did from the 360 to the right. uh, Xbox One, is that they supported like GTA Online for a while. It was getting updates on both sides of the spectrum, and then they just stopped supporting 360 and made everything updated for this console generation. They're going to do the same thing with this next generation. So if you want to keep right. up with GTA, GTA Online, you will have to buy the next generation and play GTA Online on PS5 and Series X. Yeah, I mean, and that's one thing that they said uh, for the PS5 event was that, you know, it's going to be free to upgrade to PS5 for your GTA. For um, hopefully, just the online. It's GTA Online. It's getting a separate, like, separated from GTA 5 as a whole. So you're not going to get the campaign stuff. Oh, okay. Well, and, that's fine. But yeah, just you're still so, you're online. getting 
you're getting it for a free upgrade is what yeah. is, is the point hopefully xbox and microsoft can work something out along the same lines because i really don't want to lose all the stuff i've done oh i'm sure you're gonna get... have to pay for the same game again i would i would guarantee you you're gonna your character and stuff is going to transfer over the difference would be that you have to pay for gta 5 again for xbox instead of playstation mm. and and that's what i mean like i would i would hope that that's not the case because i wouldn't do it I don't know. Sony's I, showing up, not shoveling out that exclusive money for stuff like this. They. <laughs> oh, I know, but it's not going to get me to go to Sony. I have all my stuff on Xbox. Like it's not going to get me to switch because I can't transfer from Xbox to right. place. You know, like so, it's not going to get me to switch if I have to pay to continue my character. But it's like GTA Five is the new Skyrim that just goes on every console oh, generation God. from here on out. If they announce Skyrim coming for this, I'm going to be... <laughs> oh, you know um, it's happening. <laughs> they can't stop now. <laughs> yeah, they, they but, have to one-up GTA Five at this point and go on four <laughs> generations. Uh, as concerned as I was, uh, seeing that headlining, like, oh, God, are they not... Like, this is the headline. Immediately, the next thing they do is they drop a bomb with holiday 2020 we are getting the next in insomniac spider-man with yeah. the miles morales game and that nobody saw that coming they kept that under wraps completely we knew they were making another game we didn't know we were getting it this year so i still think there's some stuff that's uh we need more information on this game because i think there's a lot of questions here the fact that it sort of got turned around so quickly from the spider-man game that came out you know, within how long ago was that? A year, two years? Uh, I think a year and a half. Okay, because it's like that's it still was a 2018 pretty... game, but it was like late. Okay, so that's still pretty quick to turn around a game. Like, I don't think this is a sequel. This is not Spider-Man Two. This is, as far as I can tell, some sort of like enhancement or expansion to that game. I think it's going to be a separate they said standalone it's not. title. They, they said it's not an expansion. Like, I don't like. I'm not thinking it's going to be like DLC. Like, it's going to be a standalone title but I don't know if it's going to be a $60 game, possibly like a $40 game, because I think it's repurposing assets from the first Spider-Man game and you're just playing as Miles Morales. It's not a revamped sequel, as far as I can tell. Uh, no, I don't think it's like a, a true sequel. Um, But I do think it's its own complete standalone game. Right. Which, of course, they're going to reuse the assets for New York and like the city and everything. Because right. It wouldn't be different. That wouldn't make sense in the continuity, anyways. But it's gonna. I, I feel like it's gonna have its own. I think they said it has its own full campaign. Like it's not a shortened campaign. It's not a right. And I think it's the difference between in any way. You know, a forty dollar game and a twenty dollar expansion. So I'm I'm seeing this as a forty dollar game. I I mean we'll see. Either way, I'm excited as hell to get to play it. And I think the other um, thing too is like the is this for PS4 too? I like didn't the, see any information on that. There, there. T- t- I didn't see anything that said exclusive to PS5. It said it was captured on a PS5, but I didn't see anything yeah. that said it was it was exclusively coming out for next generation. To be fair, did any of these say exclusive to PS5? I don't think I noticed that on any. I, I, I saw the captured on PS5 on all of them. And which, but I don't to think be I fair, saw, like only on PS5 for any of them. I guess, I guess maybe I'm, well, one, I'm holding out hope just personally because I don't want to have to buy another PlayStation console for a Spider Man game yet because I'm sure I will eventually, but I don't want to do it this soon. Um, 
but the fact that Microsoft, I think, is is continually trying to push all of their games work on Xbox One and Series X, I feel like PlayStation might be trying to do the same thing, and at least out of the gate, that these these games will look and play better on PS5, but you can also play them on PS4. Right. So it's possible. Sony hasn't announced anything to that effect yet. I whether it's smart or not, you know, I I think that Sony's going to keep that. That separation. You can play your PS4 games on PS5, but I, unlike Microsoft, that's kind of trying to have a more of a seamless transition. I so Matt, are you, th- so are you thinking this that. Miles Morales game is exclusive to PS5? You can't play it on PS4. I bet so because I, I think that'd be a system seller for them. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. The sad thing is, you're right because I will want to <laughs> buy one because of this fucking game. I just don't want to have to right off the gate. <laughs> I'm holding out hope that, like, yeah, it's more just personally for me that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm like, this is me di- reaching for straws. I'm just hoping it's there and it's not gonna, they're not gonna force me to upgrade right off the bat. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, but other than that, for me, things that stood out, um, the two biggest ones, um, Resident Evil Eight, yes. Village, whatever they want to call it, um, it, that's Resident Evil Eight. That's why they showed the eight. Wow. That I did not see that coming as a reveal yet. That reveal, that trailer for that reveal was fucking amazing. Yeah, because you didn't really have any idea what was going on until they revealed, like it said, village, and I'm like, oh, a game called Village, and then it I, flashed into the eight, and I'm like, oh. yeah, <laughs> that, that was pretty much my reaction. I, I watched the trailer again. If you look really carefully, you can see an umbrella logo at one point. I did not pick that up. Ooh, okay, um, you know the whole like. You know, the the woman speaking the local tale. I had no idea it was um, Resident Evil Eight. You know, until the very end, I was like you, Mike. I was blown away when I saw like the the eight appear on the screen. Village Resident Evil. I was like, yes, yes, give me that now, please. Like, granted, yeah, I didn't even that... play seven, and I haven't kept up with a lot of the survival horror stuff. But even I got excited for that part of the trailer. I was like, what the fuck is happening? This is great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good reveal. And I feel like they chose the name Village just because they could do that. Yeah, they can make sure. the eight out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like, we can do this if we do that. <gasps> that reveal will be great. Do that. Um, I, I feel like you see you. I feel like we m- might see Ada at, at one point in that trailer too. Um, that interested me because I felt like it was there, and I was like, is it or isn't it? They, I mean, it's like the back of her head. You can't, but it's the same haircut, so it's like is that Ada or not? Um, but then Chris showing up at the end of it was just like, whoa, why did he just kill somebody in cold blood? That's awesome. What's good. It, like, it's, I can't wait for that fucking game. Um, seven was amazing. This one looks to follow in that same vein. It's Ethan again. So yeah. Um, and the other one I know Matt is definitely, excited for as am i is the demon souls <laughs> remake this is yes. important to note it's a remake not a remaster so this is not updated to 60 frames per second with slightly better textures this is top to bottom remade completely um it's being done by blue point not by fromsoft which is okay um it looks amazing yeah like, i caught that i i i Assume that, you know, they have all the assets from From Software. So, yeah, I was originally concerned that I didn't see a From Software logo, but Blue Point's uh, pedigree is, is pretty strong. Yeah. Sure. 
I mean, it, like, for me, just as soon as it, like, flashed to, you know, the bird carrying the corpse. Because the, the first two images, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, look, mountains. Okay. And then you see the bird carrying the corpse, and you're like, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they, they said they weren't going to do this. They, like, for how long? They Like, FromSoft has specifically said they weren't going to touch Demon Souls. They were just going to leave it, so on and so forth. And the community has always wanted this to happen. Because the game is so good, but you can only play it on PS3. And keeping a PS3 around just to be able to play Demon's Souls is kind of like, no. You know? It, yeah, I'm hoping it, they add the um, the fifth or fifth or sixth, whatever, whatever, the missing area. You know, if you've played Demon's Souls, you know, there's a central hub area with statues that lead you to the various areas in the game, and one is blocked off, like one you can never go to. Um, I'd be blown away if they actually uh, <laughs> added content that way. That would be really cool. Add, like, if there was some new areas in the game. Or if, it, like, I'm hoping it doesn't play the same. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping it's not somebody that's played Demon Souls before runs through and is like, okay, this is the same game, it just looks better. I'm hoping the remake takes some turns and you get combat that feels more Dark Souls 3 than Demon Souls. Mm. You know, like, I'm just thinking Flame Lurker but at even faster speeds. And uh, the, things like that I think would be cool. They can fix some of the fights that were not hits. Um, you know, the dragon hide from it fight. Oh, you didn't that, like that. I, I, I thought that was very unique. I think it's one of the most unique bar fights in the series. It is, and it's cool, but I still want to hit it with a sword. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, fair enough. <laughs> like, it, it, it's just... It's 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 good and bad in that sense, mm-hmm. um, but I think those are the obvious standout ones. Um, one of the ones that caught my eye specifically that's maybe not along those lines um, of being like the big name games among things I have no idea what the hell it is at this point it was called Project Athia. Uh, that looked awesome. That trailer hooked me, and I want to see more about this. Um. Not not a whole lot more to say. There's just it's just a cinematic trailer uh, of that, and uh, Stray actually looked incredibly interesting. In the cat one, right? Yeah, that I just I want to know what I, I want to know more about that game. Like that looks so interesting because it's in this weird dystopian like robotic future of some sort, and yet the cat is still just a cat, and it's walking around wondering what the fuck is going on, just like us. And it seems you would be in control of the cat, which is definitely a different take on a game like that. And I like interesting things like that. Fair. Looks like it would be a fun, you know. It seemed platformy, platformy, platforming. What? It's a platforming game. Could be. That's what I'm I got from the, from the trailer. I, I mean, I, I can't say anything to refute that. <laughs> there was jumping in it. I think that. Yeah, that I remember from the uh, from the trailer. I mean, it looked two D ish with like three, you know, like three D ish environments, but it was more or less a two D side scroll, from what I could tell. I think from what they showed. Did you actually see gameplay on that? I thought that's what. Right. I thought that was just a cinematic. behind the. I thought we just saw a cinematic with a little touch of like, like he said, like third person behind the cat. I thought there was like I don't know. I, now I gotta watch the trailer again, but I thought there was like some just panning two D 
stuff, and again, with the cat jumping on a couple platforms and going up to the roof to end the trailer. The, to I'll me, to I took that too, as cause... platforming. Could be. It looked interesting, though. Like, it, it it looked like it could be a fun diversion and from the norm uh, of the games that we play. But I'll let you guys go from there, because there's a lot more there to talk about, and I don't want to talk about all the... Cause Honestly, this sold me on buying a PlayStation 5. This event sold it. Okay. So, uh, Matt, what's that got to you? Uh, well, Mike took two of mine already. Yeah, Village <laughs> and uh, Demon Souls. Uh, you know, in terms of existing IP, like, those two things uh, made me very happy. Um, the other existing IP item that I liked was uh, Sackboy's Big Adventure. Uh, I hate saying that <laughs> name, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little weird. My... my my wife Jen and I always enjoyed uh, playing uh, Little Big Planet co-op. So you know, seeing a uh, PS5 game uh, that looked like it looked like it had couch co-op for up to four players uh, from yeah. the trailer. Um, that yep. that uh, that made us both happy. Uh, in terms of new IP, um, you know, as we've established, I'm a big Soulsborne. Fan, so uh, you know, there's a few games that I saw that had kind of Dark Soulsy type elements that uh, interested me. Uh, Godfall, for instance, um, mm-hmm. that looked like you know it had kind of a almost Destiny or Anthem look to it, but uh, with possibly Bloodborne-ish combat in that there was no shields. Uh, but you know, it looked like there was a lot of weapon variety and fast-paced action, uh, so that. That caught my eye. I'd like to see more of that. Um, the other one that I thought that may be the game that I'm, you know, besides Demon Souls and Resident Evil, uh, that I might be looking most forward to is Returnal. Um, you know, the whole kind of had some like Dark Souls elements in terms of you know death being a major factor in it, but with some alien uh, type influences on it. Um, that was the one where, like, she's... That she's was the woman astronaut. that was the astronaut, just kept dying and returning. Yeah, and then, like, switched to, like, hellish landscapes at some point, and the, the like, the mechanical bug was, like, integrating into into her. Like, she's like, she's becoming one with the environment. You know, a lot of questions there. <laughs> uh, I, I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, that, that one intrigued me. I just couldn't remember the name of that one. I remembered the trailer, and I remembered all the stuff in it, but I couldn't yeah, remember yeah. what the title of it was. I guess similarly, Pragmata uh, caught my eye. Yeah, that was the one with the astronaut and the little girl, like in the city. Then the mm-hmm. satellite like smashes through the sky somehow. Um, so I wrote, I wrote one note for that trailer, and it was just WTF. <laughs> yes, like I didn't know what the hell was happening. I was really yeah. confused. <laughs> yeah, it was a, you know the Inception like like no gravity it starts yes. floating up yeah. in the sky and standing on the moon like yeah. WTF, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on, but I want to see more. Um, I guess the, the final one that I thought looked pretty good, it looked like a good time, is that Deathloop, you know, that, that assassin yeah. game where everyone tries to, to kill the protagonist to have that, that grindhouse, uh, grindhouse look to it um, you know, from Bethesda. I, I thought that looked like that could be a pretty good time. Um, it almost looked like that had, like, some sort of force powery abilities too. Like there's some sort of teleportation thing in there. He was like throwing people through windows and shit that look cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I almost had like um I think kind of an overlooked 
game this generation is We Happy Few. I, I played that through Game Pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was kind of, it was okay. Um, you know, the, it was like We Happy Few, but in the 70s instead of the 60s, uh, you know, visually. Um, so, you know, if they, they do it right, um, uh, and I think they will, I think that's going to be one to look out for as well. Yeah, I did have Deathloop on my, my list too. I thought that looked pretty cool. Just because I think at first the trailer didn't grab me. And then the more I saw the gunplay and the more of the abilities that you were doing and, and just the, the style of it, just like the music was getting me, the the narration like noirish was getting me. I was like, all right, I'm, I think I'm into this now. <laughs> I guess the, um, well, my note for uh, a WTF game was Bug Snacks. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily my kind of game, but the trailer caught my eye, you know, with the, with the it's little weird. strawberry. Uh, yeah, I don't, you nailed it. I don't think it's my type of game, but I was laughing hysterically through that whole fucking trailer. The the music, this whatever little catchy song they had that was like explaining the game as you listen to the song was fucking great too. Yeah. And they, the walrus, the the uh, walrus eating the strawberry, and his arm turning the strawberry <laughs> like onion rings. Like what? <laughs> I don't, I, Not that I've I played the other game that they've made, but when it said like from the creators of Octodad, I was like, oh okay, I got it. This makes yeah. sense now. Um, all right, some of the ones for me, Matt, I'm actually surprised you didn't talk about Horizon. That was another one on my list. I mean, that's, that's going to be fantastic. There's, <laughs> there's no way. I know you said, Brian, you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn yet. Uh, I know. Definitely do so. Uh, once you do, you'll love Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I like that they didn't um, give away too much from the first game. Uh, I think, you know, experiencing the story of Horizon Zero Dawn is pretty important uh probably for the enjoyment of forbidden west i don't want to say any more about that yeah i play it for yourself it took me a while to get through the last of us which i just finally did over the last couple months so i finally checked that box um but the next one if i when i finally have some time to dive into ps4 stuff horizon's probably gonna be the next one i try i just didn't get there yet but yeah I, i have it i own it it's just sitting there waiting to be played um but a couple of the ones for me that we didn't touch on i mean spider man obviously i had Hands down, and as Mike sort of said, I will I will fucking buy a PS5 for Spider Man. I I literally did that for a PS4, so I will I will do that again if I have to. Um, aside from that one, uh, two other ones that caught my eye that we didn't talk about: Destruction All Stars, which was like the Destruction Derby Arena game, which to me just kind of felt like if Apex Legends and GTA Online Arena Wars had a baby, it would it would be this game, which. Yeah for whatever reason, it's just like, you know what, I, I don't know what it is, but it looks stupid fun, and I kind of want that. Yeah, it, it, it looked like I still rocket. have no idea what's going on. Matt, what was your Fortnite. combination? <laughs> uh, I said, I I, I, call, I noted Fortnite plus Rocket League equals oh, yeah. Destruction All-Stars. I can see that, too. Yeah. It, it, like, I... I for me, it was like I, I get some of the point of what's going on there, and then the other point I don't understand. Like, are they trying to run people over? Are they? Why are they out of the cars? Then in the cars? Then you know, like it, it, it looked like chaos. Which I mean, for a destruction derby ish arena war type of game, I feel like that fits. Yeah, exactly. Which is, it, it'll be interesting to see what it, how it plays. Yeah, and, I definitely you know, want to. Yeah, see some gameplay, see some more of it, and see what see what the point of it is. Yeah, how do I win? Yeah, I mean, other than just the obvious <laughs> destructing everybody else, but like, how does it actually work? Yeah, I wouldn't is get out of your car race? to win. That doesn't seem like a winning proposition. Well, I wonder well, if it's like, like a game type. Like, you can either be on foot or you're in your car, 
and it's almost like just a survival game. Like you either get hit by the car or you kill the cars. Cause it seemed like there were certain abilities where you could jump on a car and plant an explosive and jump off and blow up the car. I, I was thinking like maybe your car, you can exit your car. Oh, and maybe you can yeah. run around while the car's kind of driving on like autopilot. It's doing some autonomous stuff for you during that time. And then you can run around, like jump out of your car onto another car, you know, crazy shit. Yeah, okay. Or maybe it's a cars versus people not in cars kind of right. thing. You know, like maybe that's a match type where you got to try to get the people that aren't in cars and they got to try to get you. Yeah. I don't but know. But even just like I'm expecting some sort of car customization too, like Mad Maxy style oh, of definitely. like getting attachments for your cars and stuff like that. Different defenses and offenses. That, I think that'd be cool too. That that is microtransaction heaven. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the last one for me that caught my attention, and it's usually not a game that I, or like a style of game that I would probably play, but that the trailer hooked me surprisingly well, um, was Little Devil Inside. Oh yeah, was, I, I noted that too. The, the style of that I thought looked really cool. It seemed like there was a bunch of different abilities and, and there seemed to be like a, uh, to at least definitely from the trailer, I think some, some humor to it, which I always appreciate a game that has humor in it. Um, like even some of the animation, like there's a, there's a real quick shot of this adventurer guy running through the woods, being pursued by a bunch of natives that look like they have like blow dart stuff and looking at the character, it looks like he has a couple blow darts in him and I think it has made his arms numb. So as he's turning around, his arms are just flailing back and forth like (laughs) Ace Ventura. And just that little scene was like, I am sold. I don't know what this is, but I want to play it. <laughs> so I had an involuntary, like, 13-year-old chuckle when that adventurer guy dropped a bomb and it, like, immediately <laughs> cut to the old guy pooping. I, I, I couldn't help it. I lost it. I was like, damn it. I didn't want to laugh at this, but that's that's pretty funny. They um, got me. They, yeah. They and like, I don't know more than I know. I don't know how the old guy ties into it. Is it like the old guy picturing himself as this young adventurer? Is he reliving past adventures? Like, what is it? And I, I don't know, but I am. I want to know more. Yeah. So that's, it, it's a sign of a good trailer. If like that's you don't know what it is, but you find yourself thinking and talking about it after the fact. So it, it grabbed me. Yeah. Sure. Well, one that pulled me in a little bit as well was Hitman Three. I don't usually play a lot of Hitman, but. That looked good. Um, like I, Hitman's fun. I just never got into the lore or the campaign stories really that much. I never really cared. Yeah, I don't know but the lore of Hitman either. But it is fun just to try that, to sneak around and kill people. Right, but this trailer actually got me interested in what's going on with that. And okay. I think that's definitely a shift. Um, The only other one that didn't get mentioned that I think... 100% I'll be playing is uh, Kina, Kena. I'm not sure how it's said, but Bridge of Spirits. That game looked like a really interesting take on several different genres, kind of combining all into this interesting looking game. Yeah. Yeah, it looked um, a little Pikmin ish to me with the little, like, soot sprite things. Like, Pikmin meets Studio Ghibli, I guess. <laughs> but, the, but it also looked like it had, like, soul style boss fights. Like, it looked like it had some serious like fights in there where you're going to be up against it with a giant monster and just a weapon in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's what interested me. Like it, it looked very cute and sweet and like all that, but it also had a very dark turn in, into some of the way, like the design of like the enemies. It, it was very interesting. 
Um, so I'll definitely be playing that at some point. Um, I guess one game from the from the show that I almost certainly won't be playing, but I think it was unique, was Go Goodbye Volcano High. You know the uh, oh, dinosaur yeah. teen drama game. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what that's about. Uh, like I said, I doubt I'd play it, but I have no idea what type of game that is. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be, I'll, I'll have a curiosity to see what that actually actually is at the end of the day. But check out a YouTube video cool. someday, and right. be like, yes, exactly. oh, that's what it is. Okay. Watch somebody streaming it later. Yep. Uh, just as sort of a side note, I don't know, Mike, maybe. Maybe you were more than Matt, because I don't know if Matt's on Twitter, but were you scrolling Twitter at all during this event? No, no. I just thought it was funny because all the stuff that they're showing for the PlayStation event, the Xbox account on Twitter, as soon as a game was announced, was like, oh, don't worry, it's coming to Xbox too. <laughs> just announced for Xbox is this game too. Like, they were <laughs> trying to save face so that people don't assume all Ooh. these games are just PlayStation. Yeah, and I think, like, that's what I would say, like, some of these are just PlayStation. Um, so the, the the ones that are exclusive to PlayStation, so that anybody listening can know, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Gran Turismo 7, Ratchet & Clank, Project Athia, Returnal, Sackboy, Destruction All-Stars, Astro's Playroom, Demon Souls, and Horizon Forbidden West. Everything else is not exclusive to PlayStation. So it's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten of the twenty-six games they showed were exclusives. Um, but among those, you know, among those ten, I would say there is at least five games there that I'm not missing out on. Yeah. So I'm actually surprised nobody talked about. Do you have you guys played Ratchet and Clank? Because I really have it. I, no, like I haven't either. That's a bigger pull um, for some people. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I know people have been wanting a new Ratchet and Clank for a while. I've seen people talk about it, but not a game I've ever played. Yeah, the whole broken glass transition thing, uh, I thought that was pretty cool in Ratchet and Clank, but yeah, other than that, I've never played the series. Uh, I doubt this would pull me in, but okay. you know, it looks quality for what it is. So we're all very far removed from that franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It, it looked cool. It looked good, but not enough so that I'm going to be like, yes, let's start playing this game. Yeah. It was like, okay, I, I you know, I feel like that's, that game is a huge draw for somebody that's a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or that has played the series, obviously. Yeah. But for somebody that hasn't played the series that's older, I don't think they're going to be drawn in by that. Um, last question for the PlayStation stuff. Will you be buying a PS5 at launch? Yes, I... I can't see myself not doing that. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell me the price, and I'll tell you the answer. You know that, that, that's where I'm at with it. You... <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you, what do you, what would be the highest price that would make you say, eh, maybe not yet? Well, I, I guess the idea is I'm either going to be able to afford both at launch, or I'm not. The Xbox will be bought first because that's where, you know, ninety percent of the people I play games with are on Xbox. And the other 10% are on PC. Sure. So, I will be buying the Xbox first because that's where my friends are. That's where the people I play with are. That's, you know, that's where it is. Um, if I can afford both, you know I mean? Like, if the aggregate price of both of them is under $1,000, yes. 
if it's over that, then it starts to become like, maybe not. Yeah, I guess I said an unqualified yes uh, <laughs> at a 500. I mean, I probably will to be to be, <laughs> to be honest. You know, um, you know, assuming affordability, etc. I guess if it was actually six hundred dollars or more, I might start to think twice about it. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I'd be surprised if it was at that price point. So uh, I think anything that's realistic, I'll I'll get it out of the gate. Matt, do you also yeah. plan on getting an Xbox, or you just oh, just yeah, a PS5? Sure. Yeah. I, Funny, like if you look at the you know the history of gaming, I've been more of a Sony guy. Uh, but this generation, um, uh, especially after the Xbox One X came out, I've kind of been mostly on the Xbox route. You know, uh, okay. it looks like for this coming generation, uh, for multi-platforms, Xbox will probably be slightly better. You know, it has slightly better specs. Um, right. So yeah, I'm definitely. So you're like Mike. You're thinking at launch, you're gonna try to get both, or you're gonna get one above the other. I'd probably get both consoles at launch, you know, barring astronomical prices. Okay. You know, um, console gaming is is my thing. So you know, assuming I can afford it, I'm I'm in. You know? Right. Which is probably exactly what Sony and Microsoft like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> at least I recognize it. Well, it's good. You're not playing favorites, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, all throughout the years, I've a Nintendo gamer primarily, Sony, Microsoft, you know, it's, it changes as, as time goes on. So yeah, That's, that's what we like to hear on this show, all-inclusive. Gaming is well, gaming, wherever you want to play. Exactly. Console Wars is fucking stupid. Gaming is gaming. You like video games or you don't? Yeah. That, that should be the question. Um, I, I would say for me, like, it's... It, it's the scenario of... In a lot of circumstances, if cross-play was enabled... For a lot of things, um, I would probably not even bother with an Xbox because a PC will probably play every game you can get on Xbox, and it works with Game Pass and all of that. But in in this case, you know, that's not the case yet, and I feel like if the price point is too high, you just wait a while and it'll go down. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, like, if it's if they come out of the gate at too high a price, you have to speak with your wallet a little bit and let them know it's too high by not buying it. You know, like it, it, and maybe next time they won't make that mistake. So hopefully they learned that lesson with PlayStation Three and they don't make it again this time. Yeah. The only thing that you didn't mention that I would like to mention is something that they announced that's going to be on the controller for PlayStation that had previously not been talked about, and that's haptic feedback as opposed okay. to rumble. Yeah. We're actually getting a, a form of haptic feedback, and I'm interested to see how that's integrated. Are they doing that for the Xbox controller, too, or just PlayStation? Xbox controller is basically the... I mean, it, the Xbox Series X controller is an Xbox controller. Oh, that's right, because all the same accessories and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they but it, haptic feedback for that. Uh, I, I'm interested with the haptic feedback, how it's going to work, because people grip the controller differently. You know what I mean? Like, there's people that do that weird claw grip thing, and... Sorry if you're one of those people, either of you, but <laughs> no. um, there's people that grip it differently, so I wonder how that's going to affect play for them. Like, if you have to hold the controller a certain way for it to work properly would be yeah. interesting. Also, like, our, how much is that controller going to cost on its own to get, like, a second one? Oh, yeah. yeah like, it, that's a concern. And will a company like Scuff be able to recreate it? 
Because what Scuff did with the PlayStation 4 controller that helped me be willing to play more is they used the offset sticks. And the offset sticks of the Xbox controller is, is so much better, in my opinion, than, you know, the parallel sticks. Yeah. So if Scuff can recreate a PlayStation 5 controller with the offset sticks and still have all the, you know, um, effects that it's going to have, whatever those fully entail, uh, what's that going to cost? I bet $80 for a PS5 controller. Uh, I think Nintendo kind of set a new bar with the Joy-Con pricing um, and with the haptic feedback and, you know, Sony likes to put a lot of technology in their controllers. I think they're not going to be shy to charge $80 yeah. for another one of those. I think that's a good guess. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it, it, it looks like a lot of thought went into it, and I, I wanted to note that. The controller, again, still those sticks are going to be a problem, but the rest of it looks amazing. Uh, I'll sort of answer my own question as far as just buying a PS5 at launch. I'm still unsure. Um I'm, I'm again, sort of hoping, holding on hope that at least Spider-Man is still on PS... The Miles Morales Spider-Man hits PS4. But if it doesn't, that might push me over the edge enough to try to get one of these fucking consoles. Um, <laughs> but I'm with Mike. I think if I if I have to pick between an, an Xbox or a PS5, I will probably get Xbox first. Well, actually, no. Now I'm thinking about it, because if if all the games that are coming out for Xbox for at least the, the first year-ish of the, the next console generation can be played on my Xbox One, maybe that's less incentive for me to get an Xbox One or the Series X out of the gate. If, if there's certain games that are exclusive to PS5 and you can only play them on PS5, that might actually push me to get that first. So, I, I don't know. I'm still very much undecided. <laughs> we'll have to, I'll have to check <laughs> back and see. But, yeah, I the Spider-Man for me is a selling point for that console. So if that's how it, how it goes down, I'm, I might have to do that. I mean, yeah, for me, Sp like, Spider-Man and Demon's Souls Remake, I was sold. I'm buying the console. Yeah. Had they not announced Demon's Souls Remake, I may have just waited to play the Spider-Man eventually. Because it does look like it's, you know, just more of the same PS4 Spider-Man that we got. It's not right. Spider-Man 2 yet, like kind of what you were saying. But a full remake on Demon's Souls with that, yeah, I'm sold. I'd love for that to be a launch title, Demon Souls. I don't believe they set a time frame, but yeah. Nah, everything still says TBA. Yeah. So. Launch title would, oh my god, yes, I will buy it at launch. If Demon Souls is on there at <laughs> launch, I will be buying it at launch. I, we don't know that yet. Looks like probably not with TBA on it, but. Yeah, I'd assume they'd say 2020 or. Yeah. Make that pretty prominent if they thought it was going to be a launch title. Right. Um, all right, so we're going to spin to our second topic, which is all Destiny-related. Um, so we, we've we covered Destiny stuff before. I feel like Mike and I have been a little bit more steady with the game as opposed to some of the people we've had talking about it before. Um, Mike definitely puts more time in it than, than I have. I think you've kept up with it a lot more recently than me. Um, but I think we can both agree Destiny at its core is a great game. Um the latest seasonal model and, and content hadn't really grabbed us, at least the, the previous one. The one that just started might be a little bit different. But uh, before we, we get into where we're going, uh, Matt, I want to start with you. Sort of like, where do you stand on Destiny? What are your impressions of it? Have you played it? That kind of thing. And just sort of get a baseline for you. Sure. I you know, I played through Destiny 1. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I got 
Destiny 2 played it in the early days, and I kind of trailed off. And I wouldn't say it's because I dislike the game. I don't. Like, I've, I've always enjoyed Destiny. Um, I just, I think if I had to put a reason to it, it kind of felt like it was difficult to keep up with. Um, you know, almost too much content, uh, which is you know, rarely a bad thing. Uh, but it, it kind of feels like you have to be pretty heavily invested in the world uh, in the lore and, you know, really be all in it to get the, get the full destiny experience. Um, and in, you know, my experience, there's only so many hours in the day and so many other great things to play that, you know, I, I kind of just shifted to those other things and, and left destiny behind. Um, and with this, you know, the more recent announcement with the season arrivals beyond light, etc. it seemed like, again, kind of the impression that, to have the full experience, to have the you know, the most enjoyment of it, you have to be kind of saturated in that Destiny world. Um, you know, one exception maybe being Prophecy Dungeon that that stuck out to me as looking like a unique experience that you know maybe is a little more standalone. Um, so if anything was to pull me back into Destiny, I think it would be Prophecy Dungeon. Yeah, you and I sort of talked before we started recording, just like the. The state of games now, in general, is that some of these games just don't end. And, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to sort of complete a game, check that box, move on to the next one, and and get through your, your back catalog, if you will. Which, I think all of us have a very extensive back catalog to get through. And I keep getting distracted by multiplayer games and games like this that, like Destiny, where you just play and play and play and they keep doing other stuff to bring you back in to, to keep playing the same game. And it's preventing me from going on to play other things that I probably would like, which is why Horizon Zero Dawn is sitting on my PlayStation 4 <laughs> just not being played. Um, so it, it's a different landscape for games now. Like, the, the games are so massive that you can't ever really feel like you finished it and move on to the next one. It's just continuing to play and find reasons to come back and play that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely get that. That's understandable. Um. I guess since you've been removed from the game, Matt, have you kept up with any any of the announcements over time, like up until this point, or is just have you been trying to play catch up with all the stuff we're going to talk about today? Yeah, I've just been playing catch up to be honest. Uh, okay. It kind of dropped off my radar again, mainly because there's just so many other things I want to play rather than my disliking Destiny in any way. That, right, that's not the case, but yeah, I have not been keeping up with it. All right, so. In- that single case, I will tell you, the if the Prophecy Dungeon is something that sounded like it interested you, there is now a total of three dungeons in Destiny. It's not just the one. Mm. So there, there is those things out there, three-man activities as opposed to six-man raids that are mechanic-based and, um, you know, Mini raids. more hefty. Yeah, more, more hefty in content than a strike, but not as involved as a raid. Uh, so as we're going over this, Matt, if you have anything you want to stop and need explained, or if you're confused and want to interject, feel free to just jump in, because sure. I don't want to I don't want to lose you and in, in confuse you in any of the stuff we might cover. Um, but I'm gonna try to go over sort of what Bungie announced, and Mike, feel free to correct me too if I miss some details somewhere along the way. Um, so a few days ago, the latest season of content for Destiny started. This is the season of Arrivals. Um. They called this a bit of a prologue to what's coming in the fall. So I think story-wise, and this is, again, someone who hasn't actually started this content yet, so Mike, you can chime in if I'm, if I'm missing something here, but it seems like a bunch of pyramid-shaped ships begin appearing 
across the galaxy. The Guardians are still trying to figure out sort of what's going on uh, story-wise. I don't know if there's more details, or is that generally what's going on? So, the Pyramid Ships are the darkness. That is the darkness. We are the light. They are the darkness. The Traveler represents the light. The Pyramid Ships are the darkness. Okay. Um, They've been around since Vanilla Destiny 1. They've been a part of the lore. The first ever trailer for Destiny had these pyramid ships in them, and they are just finally now, seven and a half years later, <laughs> um, showing up. And we have public events tied to them. Um, currently, the public event is on IO, uh, and then and it's going to be, I believe, next week on Titan with these ships arriving. Um, it is. Uh, it, it heavily invested in the lore. If you played the Shadowkeep campaign, um, they've also been the the race of beings within the pyramid ships has been known as the Veil, vale. um, and that that's kind of like not official lore title at this time. Okay. Um, but it's been something that like was leaked as a name that Bungie uses for them unofficially. Okay. Um, and. You can see kind of an impression of that in the final mission of the Shadowkeep campaign. Okay. Um, as far as, you know, why they're there and all that, yeah, you're still trying to figure out what the hell they actually are, what the story's going to be. Which I'm so sure will be so explained forth. over the course of the season. By the end of the season, we'll get some answers and go into, you know, what's coming in the fall. It, I, I don't know about answers, but well, at least more than what we know right now. Yeah, a little bit more than we know now. I would yeah. say they're they're going to trickle this out. Yeah. Um, I guess like content wise, we're there's obviously every season you get new exotic weapons, quests, armors. Uh, this one comes with a new dungeon, like Matt was talking about. Um, all that stuff's now live. Uh, again, I haven't jumped in to really get a sense for what this season is. Mike, you've been playing a little bit. Do you have any just real quick first impressions of how this season's going? I've been playing a lot actually um so they they have taken a lot of the feedback that people have given them over time about like um bad luck protection on you're trying to level up and you know you turn in and oh look i got you know the same thing that's already my highest power level and it didn't help me level up at all um they took that into account with this prismatic decoder thing um, where you get essentially an, an engram that you can then take and decode into a specific thing where you choose armor or you choose weapons or you choose like, you know, between a few things. There's still some RNG, but say you know you need armor, you can choose the armor one and make sure you get a piece of armor, so on and so forth. Okay. That's um, a definite aid in leveling. Um. The new public event is fun. It's doable for everyone. It's doable with random people that maybe aren't of a you know a high level to do it. Which last season that was their biggest mistake, and why everybody did not like that season is they put this new public event in that could have been very cool and could have been very fun, and they put the strictures on it that basically meant you had to do it perfectly in order to complete it. And you couldn't do it by yourself. You couldn't do it with just a fire team of three. You needed a solid six to eight people there to be able to complete it. 
Uh, this current one I've completed several times with just one or two other people. Okay. Um, and it's not that it's easier. It's that the timer adds time when you do good things. So the timer doesn't screw you over out of the event. You know, I mean, the enemies are still just as tough to deal with. You're still going to die because the enemies get you sometimes. But it, that was the problem last season is the timer would run out. Sometimes you'd be at 90% completion, ready to finish it, and the timer hits zero and you're done. Um, yeah, I remember that for the little bit that I played. Yeah, it was annoying. Uh, but this one is much more doable um, and much more fun. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it more on the other planet or planets that it goes to. Or moon, I guess, in the case of Titan. Um, and the dungeon is some of the best content they've ever created. So you played down. the dungeon already? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it is... The loot pool for it is stupid. Um, I'll be very clear when I say the loot pool is absolutely stupid. Um, mixed in the loot pool... For the first two encounters are old gunsmith weapons. Okay. Like um, the Hooskow, the Widow's Bite, the Death Adder. Things that you could just pick up at the gunsmith randomly back in the day. Yeah, okay. Um, but also mixed in are Trials of the Nine. Not Trials of Osiris, but Trials of the Nine armor. But from back in year one. And then there's a new set of Daito armor. Um, Daito is one of like the weapon manufacturers, armor manufacturers in the game. And uh, that only drops from the final boss of the dungeon. So it's going to okay. take a minimum of five weeks to get a full set of armor for any character. Ah, okay. Gotcha. If you if there's bad luck protection on that, it may take even longer. Yeah. Um. But they so what they did, they 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 should have had a smaller loot pool. The loot pool for it is huge, and. You're getting random rolls on some of these weapons, and there's just too many of them to chase down the ones you want and the roll you want on it. Because I want to say there's like nine weapons in the loot pool, and then two full sets of armor. Yeah. It's just too much. Um, okay. But the content itself, holy crap, do not miss this. Like, you need to level up so you can play this dungeon. It's. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere around like. 960-ish. But when when you get the new season, you get, like, a free pass up to 990. Yeah, okay. Um, All right. So, like, that, it'll automatically make you there, but you got to get up to 1050-ish to be able to do the dungeon, preferably Jeez. 1060. All right. But that's with season bonus. It'll require some playing to get there, but getting there is worth it for the dungeon alone. Okay. Um... Yeah, if I it if might I, be the single best piece of content they've made. If I start getting that deep into it again, I'll have to I'll have to let you know because I I don't know really many other people that still play it. So you you'd have to be the one to take me through. <laughs> and I absolutely would. I at least recommend watching it. Well, yeah, know, like watching a playthrough of it. It's it's mind bending. I watched. I did watch the trailer. Like, the trailer looks a little trippy. Well, what what I can say is th there's a room, the the, the, the second major encounter. Um, you have to complete it X number of times, but there's a cube in the center of the room, and each time you complete part of it, it sucks you up into the cube, turns the cube, and spits you out the other side, changing the gravity so that you're now on a different side of the room. 
So it's like the whole damn thing just turns and shifts everything each time you do it. So like, and it's random. So you can't like know ahead of time, like, oh, we're going to do this and it's going to shift that way. You go there. It, it's very, very cool. So correct sense. me if I'm wrong. The dungeon is free for everyone, correct? I believe they said that. So Matt, if this sounds appealing to you, you can jump in right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you I think like. that's gonna be the key. You know, I like the grind sometimes, but you know, if there's a if there's like weeks of grinding to be able to play these new things, I don't know if that'd pull me back. If I could jump back in, maybe. I don't know. I mean, well, it depends on how much you want to grind to get there. I mean, if you are willing to, grind to spend, with you, Matt. yeah, you know, if if you're willing to spend most of your time or all of your gaming time for one week just on Destiny, maybe. You can be there by one week's end to be ready to go into the dungeon. Um, Just mean, keep in I mind, Matt, really you don't have a week time season. frame on this. It's a, it's a three-month-long season, so you don't have to do it all in one week. <laughs> so I take a couple days every week for the next right. month. <laughs> um, and that that's something I feel like Destiny is struggling with, personally, um, is having this content available to people where they pay for the new content and they see this awesome content. Like, I feel like somebody like Matt would be much more apt to hop back into Destiny and play this dungeon if he could do it today. Yeah, right. I would say I would say so. You know, things um, that are more... But, I, don't, I don't know if it's compatible with the lore, but if it was more independent campaigns, basically, uh, as opposed to more of a continuum, yeah, I think I'd be more apt to jump in for things like this. You know, jump in for a brief time. Great, I've seen what I needed to see, and, you know move on right and they tried to make it that way a little bit with like i said like each season now they give you a a free power boost up to what last season's almost max level was they take you almost to the max level of the previous season for free so whatever season you come in at you'll be 20 points behind everybody that played the previous season in level instead of 400 Yeah, yeah yeah you know um and that's a good thing but it's also still a grind from there to get up to the top level for playing the new content. Sure. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be fair to just, I hop back in and they just immediately power me up to the max. You know, that, that wouldn't make sense either. I mean, I, I can certainly understand No, that. yeah, like it's, it's a conundrum. It's tough on new players, but you have to be willing to dedicate your time to it if you want to play that content. It's worth it. Um, this season, that dungeon is worth it. Uh, the dungeon will be gone at the end of this season, though temporarily um they, there must be some changes they're making back end to the game in general that the dungeon doesn't currently work with that it has to be like taken offline and fixed for so looks like next season it won't be there but the following season it'll be back again matt shall it, we make a promise right now that in three months time we will tackle this dungeon together <laughs> wow I'm packed right now i, I never say <laughs> never uh <laughs> I'm not gonna be fully committal, but I'll I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm mildly interested. Like now I said, I don't I don't. Now that we've got you on me. record, it's <laughs> going to go out to the internet. Say <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we want to talk about it, but the the Destiny content vault that that was interesting too. Yeah, so we're gonna that. so let's spin into to what's coming, and I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna start with the vault stuff. Oh yes. So looking ahead to the fall, so what Bungie announced um, coming up uh, September 22nd. We're going to get Destiny Beyond Light is going to launch. So this update that will set the stage for Destiny over the next few years. 
Um, one thing Bungie stressed, this will not be a sequel. They are not releasing sequels going forward. They are trying to keep their promise of an ever-evolving world where you can keep all of your gear, weapons, characters. There will be no need to start over. So the bigger issue with that, um, and, and what I think Bungie is trying to get ahead of here, is the constant updates to one game are creating more problems. So not only is the file size enormous and updates becoming larger, but it's becoming much more difficult for Bungie to fix problems and update content because it takes too much time to develop for games of this scale. So their solution is to retire unused content into what they're calling the Destiny Content Vault. So when Beyond Light launches, Io, Titan, Mercury, Mars, and the Leviathan will be cycled out. This is including all their related campaign missions, strikes, anything that's on these planets will be gone. Now, before you start saying, you know, you're, you're pissed that these destinations are going away, these are your favorite places to visit in, in Destiny, uh, Bungie has said that anything that goes into the vault could come back at some point. So they're not gone forever. This is, this is not a goodbye. This is like a, a see you later type of thing. De the des the Leviathan, I don't think, is going to be gone, gone. Um, because it, just one, certain it, destinations it contains... on Leviathan? Well, no, 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 I'm saying, like... Well, let me rephrase. It's going to be gone next season. They're going to take it out for a while. Um, but it's got four raids in the Menagerie on it. So it'll have to come back at some point. Yeah. Um, the other destinations, as far as we know, lore-wise at this point, are going to be destroyed in the lore. Spoiler. Um, well, I mean, that's what... Like, that has been rumored around um, Destiny community for a long time. Whether it happens or not, we're going to find out this season. But the assumption is either the darkness takes them over or the darkness destroys the planets. Okay. Um... And that's why they go away. If it takes them over, I can see them coming back. If it destroys them, I really don't see the lore bringing them back. See, I don't think they'd say that stuff that goes in the vault has a chance to come back if they're not going to bring stuff back. So I, I Well, they didn't necessarily say that all the stuff is going to the vault. That's literally what Some the press it. release says. Is that the planets I just named, the destinations oh, are going to the vault. Oh, it says all of them are going to the vault? Okay. Yeah, that, See, that I was figured... in one of their um, like their their posts on the the Bungie website. They they detailed what's going on with the content vault. Okay, I didn't read that um, portion. Uh, I watched uh, like the live thing and then read the yeah because I think Bungie stuff. But I think there were still some questions after releases. the after the video, so they they wrote up this whole thing of what what was going on. Okay, continue. Sorry. Um, so. You know, some of the stuff will get retired. The good news is that when these destinations go away, they will be replaced by Europa, which is going to be new for Beyond Light. They're bringing back the Cosmodrome from D1, and they're bringing back some of the strikes that were in D1, I think, for Cosmodrome 2. And eventually, I don't think right away, but eventually sometime next year, we will get the Vault of Glass raid back. Yes. My guess on that is, we're, like, the Cosmodrome and the Strikes, fucking awesome. We're going to get to fight Sepix in, uh, the, the three Strikes that are coming back will be Sepix, Omnigol, and Kovic. Omnigol, Jesus. Um, and those are three of the best Strikes in the game, uh, in Destiny 1. They, my favorite from Destiny 1 still the Shield Brothers. Those guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was such an awesome fight. Yeah. Oh, no, that was on the, uh, that wasn't on Mars. That was on, um, the Dreadnought. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but those three strikes coming back, awesome. 
Uh, my guess for Vault of Glass is that Venus is going to come back as a destination at some point, because it kind of has to if we're going to get the raid back. Oh, true. Um, yeah. the, the, the entrance to that raid was on patrol in Venus. You could run into people entering the raid while you were out on patrol. Um, it was a thing. <laughs> so it kind of has to come back. So I would guess either, you know, the winter or spring expansion. Um, hopefully, this is my hope. Because the la- like every year of Destiny 2, they have had a winter expansion. And every year in Destiny 2, the winter expansion has killed the player base a bit. Um, Curse of Osiris, people just left. Season of the Drifter, people just left. This last season was season of... Warm- was it the Mormon something? Or- season oh, yeah. of Worthy. Yeah. Um, because Trials came back. Oh, and right. people yeah. just left. So their their winter expansions for all three years of Destiny have just been ugh, not good. Um, yeah, because they had I guess they had the season of um, whatever the Saint fourteen season was called. I didn't play that one either because it wasn't very good, and then this one was even worse. But now they have a shot if next year in the winter Venus and the Vault of Glass both come back to. Because the Vault of Glass is a guaranteed home run. Yeah. Like, if they screw that up somehow, I don't know how they could, but if they somehow manage to screw that up as as their big expansion, yeah, uh, that would be bad. I feel like I didn't I didn't raid a lot in Destiny One, but Vault of Glass is still probably the raid I've played the most out of all of them. I do fair enough. That, that raid holds a special place in my heart. Maybe just because it was the first one I've done. And it's the first one everybody did. Yeah, mostly it's, it's the first one I remember doing, and and I don't know that that sense of accomplishment after finishing a raid is so so nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Matt, did you ever? I, I can't remember when you played D one. Did you do any of the the end game stuff, raids, and any of that stuff, or no? The only raid I tried was with you, I believe. I don't remember which one it was, to be honest. Because um, by the time you came into D one, it was I think like King's Fall would have been. That was that was the Taken King stuff, right? Yeah, I think that was the current one at the time. So I don't know if we would have done that raid or if we did a different raid. I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember either, unfortunately. So we did we ever finish it, or you we just played it and couldn't complete it? Yeah, we didn't complete it. So okay, I, I don't have extensive raid experience in. in Matt's this. still the raid virgin. <laughs> Oh, you have to complete okay. one to be a non-raid virgin? That's it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think that comes with it, yeah. Uh, right, you can't do right. just the tip. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean... Well, Matt, you want to talk about the, the content vault. So is there anything you want... Now that we sort of talked the details, was there anything you want to jump in and, and talk about? I guess with the content vault and just that press release in general, um, I thought the press release was refreshing. Um, you know, to hear them say that, you know, if they were to do it again, they would have expanded Destiny One instead of making Destiny Two. Uh, I, I thought was a was a good of them to admit. Uh, I, I kind of felt that way that Destiny Two is a separate sequel went against their original vision. Um, per the content vault, I, I think they explained it pretty well. You know, I, I think there's a pretty good justification that in order to move forward and to keep file sizes manageable. Uh, retiring certain content, you know, I think they made a good made a good argument for that. You know, there was one statistic for Warmind specifically that, 
you know, it was something like 0.3% of all time played, but yet took 5% of the total install size. Right. Uh, and when you're talking about like a hundred gig plus game, you know, that, that's not a, that's not a trivial amount. Um, so yeah, like I said, a refreshing announcement. I thought the frankness was, was good of them, good of them to do. Yeah. I think, you know, if they just announced like, Hey, we're getting rid of these planets, I think people would be up in arms about what the hell is going on. So the fact sure. that they just came out and flat out explained, we have to do this to save the game. I think that helps a lot. And I, you can feel for them like from just from a development standpoint, like that's, I don't know of many games, at least in any, any more off the top of my head that have lasted this long, basically on one current sort of build that is just constantly being built upon itself every year. Well, I mean, in Destiny itself, you said earlier, the game is fantastic. The the shooting mechanics, the supers, the like the way the game plays. Like, forget the content itself. Just the way that you move, shoot, the actions your character can take feel incredible. The world itself reacts incredibly well. So, for them to really make a genuine update where they would put out a new game would just be pointless. It would just be a tag with a new price tag, like, a, a, you know, a, a new name with a new price tag. And more than likely, you'd have to start over and lose all your crap, just like we did from D1 to D2. Right. And, and it's part of the reason, like, they said a long time ago that that was going to be the thing. It was going to be one evolving game. That was their vision from the start. I don't know why that changed. Act, I I'd, would blame Activision, but that's Well, a, I'm that's sure a that, guess. that's a large... That's also why it's not going to be called Destiny. That's why they're not dropping the two is because Activision. Um, mm, yeah. It, so I'm sure Activision had a lot of say in it, but the, the point needed to be made at some point, I think, from the player base's perspective and a lot of the perspective of people who are dedicated to the game, which is a lot of people. I mean, right now the game is seeing like 1.5 million daily players, which is a ton. Jeez. Um... That if you wanted to charge, like, say, hey, Activision, you could charge us $60 for this year's expansion, and we'll pay it, if you just would have kept it as Destiny 1, with all the content in it still. Right. You know, we would have gladly just kept paying $60 each year to get the new big expansion. That's how MMOs work. Like, it's, it's right. just a subscription model every year. And or monthly, why, whatever you want to do. And Bungie saw that, and in, but Bungie just kind of screwed up this year by going with a seasonal model instead of a yearly model. And the seasonal, I'm not as big a fan of the seasonal model. Yeah, which I'll get into a little bit in a little, in a little bit here. Um, but where they're headed with the content vault, I like. Um, I would have liked to. The only thing I would have liked more was to see more of a dedication from them to bring back even more of the older stuff. Instead of saying, hey, Vault of Glass is coming back, say, hey, the Destiny 1 raids are all coming back. I would have liked to have just had that little bit, like, eventually we'll get there. They're not all coming back at the same time, but we're bringing them all back, just so we know. I'd have and to assume don't have to question that. that that's sort of, I, yeah, I guess without being told officially, but I I'm guess I'm sort of just assuming that. Like, this is almost a trial run for, like, what we can do with older retired content from D1 and, and try to make it because people want it back. Right. And I'm so assuming, good. I'm assuming they got to work on all that stuff to just update it and get it ready for D2 just because, you know, oh, two yeah, different the, games type of thing. 
Absolutely, and that's what I mean. Like, tell us you're doing it, though. Tell us, like, yes, we are working on all of it coming back. Yeah. And cycling things in and out. It doesn't have to be. It's all going to be there at one time. But if you're cycling in the Cosmodrome and those three, and you're cycling out a bunch of other content, maybe next time you cycle in some more D1 stuff and cycle out the Cosmodrome and those three. Yeah. You know, and you just... It, but keep it as a revolving door of what raids are available, what strikes are available from all the content you have available. And I feel like that'll make a much more interesting season-to-season play. Yeah. It definitely seemed like that was the direct... Without saying it, you know, from that press release, it sounded like that's kind of their intention. I think Brian's point of the D1 content being somewhat of a trial run, I think, is probably spot on. I'd be pretty surprised if... Uh, you know, if the D one content's a huge hit that they wouldn't try to continually trickle right, right. in with every update, you know, bring back some D one thing, you know. They they actually did already one story mission uh they did bring back for new players, um, which you could play as a veteran player if you wanted to on Destiny Two, but they brought back the first uh story mission in the game that you ever played in Destiny One where the ghost wakes you up and you fight your way through the Cosmodrome and all that. They brought that mission back, and I feel like that was their big test. Was, how's this going to work? How's it going to look? How are we going to do it? And then they did it, and it worked, and it was great. And they're like, okay, we can move forward with the rest. Now we just have to see how long it takes them to roll that stuff out. Also, for like but, one little mission is, you know, that's the alpha. The beta is, let's give us a whole destination and a raid and see how that works, then if all that plays out, then then we'll really move forward on more D1 stuff. Right, and I feel like they had a large build of the Cosmodrome ready to go for that, um, because that mission takes place in the Cosmodrome. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like that's why we're getting Cosmodrome first, is that's where they started, and they started building it, and we got to play that snippet of it in that story mission, and now it's going to expand and be much bigger. So... Um, Cosmodrome was a cool destination. We'll see if the Plaguelands are part of it, too. That would be cool. I think they said, um, like, some of the Cosmodrome is available in the fall, and then they're going to bring in another section. Like, the entire Cosmodrome is not there in the fall. Okay. So probably not the Plaguelands, then. So maybe not, yeah. Yeah, like, the, the Rise of Iron stuff won't be there, but the rest of it probably will. Um, all right, so I'm gonna hit. Guess. I'm gonna hit some other bullet point stuff, and then we'll we'll just talk about everything else here. Um, some of the story elements for Beyond Light that they talked about. So we will finally see the return of the Stranger, who is someone yes. who showed up during the campaign of D1 and then just disappeared, and you've never heard from again. So that's what six, seven years ago. Finally, bringing yeah, that's, her back. I mean, that's the vanilla D1 campaign. Yeah, the last time we saw her. So um, they talked about getting a new ability. Uh, for your character, they're going to have something called stasis, which is a, an ability that comes from the darkness that instead of the light. That's It's a whole subclass. Yeah, okay, okay. The new supers, new grenades, and it's a new element that's going to be on weapons. Oh, that's right. I, okay, you're right. So instead of just three, there's going to be four now. Um, things I would question on that is how that's going to affect that one specifically. like Things like hard light and borealis that you can change between the current elements. Right. Is it just going to be the old ones, or are they going to add that to it? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And get the hard light 2.0. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but it did look like this is kind of icy in some way. Yeah. From some of the video. Uh, sort of touching on the, the seasonal model that Mike was talking about. They confirmed the FOMO seasonal model is going away. 
So I know that's been a big gripe for Mike. I think a lot of people did not like this type of content. And I think maybe that's part of the reason I kind of fell off is just like I, I, especially these couple seasons felt like to Matt's point, you just had to grind them out to get what you wanted. And I cannot stick to a game for that long, for that intense of a time. Right. And it is intense because it's every three months go and grind again and get your level up. Something I really hope that they do is that they boost our level in the fall and that you don't have to level up again when the new content comes out. You know, so when the DLC, or not the DLC, but the expansion pass stuff on that seasonal model starts rolling out, you don't have to level up again to play it. It's just new content that's there, new loot to get, new stuff to do, but there's not that race, or not even race, just that grind to get back up to level so you can play the new stuff. That needs to go away. And losing the FOMO is good, but what's the replacement? That's what they haven't talked about. It. Yeah, and so we're still waiting to hear what the seasonal model looks like going forward, but it's not going to be so tied to the to the FOMO stuff. So hopefully that's good. I mean, we'll, we'll it, see. Yeah, I mean, until we know what it's being replaced by, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it's good versus bad, but yeah. getting rid of the FOMO is good. Um, a little bit more of the tactical stuff, they said that when the new consoles launch in the fall, you will be able to upgrade your game to next-gen for free. So, yes. you know, your current game will work on PS5, Series X consoles. Everything everything will carry over. Um, they also said they will have intergenerational cross-play available with Beyond Light. So this is not complete cross-play. This is if you're on Xbox One, you can play with friends on Series X and PS4 with PS5, but you can't go PlayStation and Xbox yet. Or PC and Xbox. Right. But they did confirm they are actually working on complete crossplay. So it's something that will show up down the line where you will be able to play cross gener- or cross console families, Xbox, PS2, or PS2, PS5, um, PC, all that stuff eventually will be able to play together. So and Andy will never listen to this, but Andy, do you hear me? You will be able to play with us on Xbox on your PlayStation 4. He's, he keeps saying he has no one to play with with Destiny, so eventually this will work, and you can play with people. <laughs> we will we will do this. Two years down the road, you will be able to play with us. <laughs> um, and the last thing they sort of talked about was just the the sort of the content that's coming years down the line. So 2021 will be something called the Witch Queen, Ooh, and in yes. 2022 we're getting something that is uh, has a working title of Lightfall, which no details were shared about what they are or you know what's going on there because we they haven't given us a whole bunch with Beyond Light yet, um, but they laid out a plan for the next three years. Now, the, the Witch Queen we know is Savathun. Okay, see, I'm that's, I'm not as tied to the lore, so I don't know yeah. where that's at. It, they, that's like Oryx was the Taken King, and he had two sisters, Savathun and Zivu Arath. Uh, and Savathun was the witch. Savathun, like, Oryx was an, a knight, and uh, Savathun was a witch. Okay. And the witch queen is Savathun. Okay. Um, so, we know it's Savathun, but, yeah, we, we don't know what is going to happen with Savathun, but we know the witch queen is her. Okay. You know, um, last so. call, Mike, any details that I missed? Um, you want to cover? It's a fallen expansion in the in the fall this year. Um, so uh, Beyond Light is gonna our main enemy is going to be Aramis, uh, who's a fallen captain. 
Um, okay. So new type of fallen enemy coming to the game. Um, it, they said it, it's going to be fallen with darkness abilities. So it's not going to be your standard run-of-the-mill okay. fallen, kind of the way the SIVA splicers were different. Right, right. Uh, these are going to be different sorts of fallen. Okay. Um, other things, uh, they turned off skill-based matchmaking um, as a change. I'm not going to get into whether that's good or bad or not, but they did that. So if that interests you, that's something they just did. Uh, and I, I think it's good to touch on the live event that they did uh, and say that was both good and bad and that they had this amazing 90-second live event um, that we had to wait 90 minutes to see. Uh, that that was the biggest problem. They told everybody, be here at this time for it to happen, and then oh, an hour yeah. and a half later, it finally actually happened. Um, what happened was awesome. The wait to get there was not. Uh, it, you know, it, it just it could have been a lot shorter than it was. Matt, for it, someone who hasn't played, there was, there was a spaceship on a collision course with Earth, and yes. the Rasputin AI defense system was firing missiles at it that was happening in-game. So, not even Mike. I had another buddy text me and was like, at 2 o'clock, this thing is going to blow up and crash. Get on and watch it. So, at 2 o'clock, I got on and stood there and watched it in the sky for a half an hour as these missiles were coming at it. And then eventually 2.30-ish blew up and then <laughs> fell to the ground. So was there a was glitch like, there? Yeah. Was that was that in there? No, that was there? it was intended. So what was <laughs> happening is you could watch the missiles that were fired slowly get closer, and it it was in the skybox for everybody. It was a live event, so like across the game, everybody was seeing it all happen at the same time. But you couldn't. It's not a like a replayable or re yeah, yeah, seeable yeah. event. So that's that FOMO stuff we were talking about, <laughs> right? And you just watch these sparkly missiles get closer and closer <laughs> to this thing that was kind of blocking out the sun a little bit. Um, and eventually they impacted it. There was a big white explosion, and then you got to see, like, 90 seconds of awesome once the explosion happened, and then it was crashing toward Earth. But the hour and a half leading up to those 90 seconds was, like, cause it, he said a half an hour. They told everybody 1 o'clock. So whoever told him at 2 o'clock, they were wrong about 2 but that, Bungie said one o'clock, and it was just kind of like you could have did this way faster. This this should have been a half an hour event maximum. Well, meanwhile, like I was I was thinking like, oh shit, I need to get in there and see this because maybe I'll miss it. So the, the FOMO hooked me, and I was like, I need I need to see what's happening. Meanwhile, yeah. like an hour after it was over, you could just watch a five second time lapse of what happened, and I would have been fine. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> so so hopefully, if they play more live events, they've learned from that mistake. It sounds like maybe the they were thinking they wanted to give people plenty of time to come in. You know, if not everyone could be there at the exact time, but right, yeah, hour and a half is a <laughs> that's that's a little painful I mean, to wait. Yeah. They announced a week ahead of time when to be there. <laughs> they were like, enough, be at yeah. the tower at this time on this day. Something's gonna happen, and everybody like if you played the game enough, you knew it was coming because this thing has been getting closer and closer through the whole season. Like, you could see it way off in the distance as a little dot on the sun, like, two months ago. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then this event happened. So, I don't know. It's kind of like it was a two-and-a-half-month live event, actually, because it was just slowly <laughs> getting bigger <laughs> throughout all of this. So, in those terms, it actually worked pretty quick. Um, any other details we want to touch on, Mike? 
Um, because other than that, it's just kind of like I'll toss it to you guys. What What do you think about the announcements? Anything caught your attention right off the bat? And I guess more specifically for Matt, I don't know how much of this interests you. Is there anything else that's might bring you back in, or is it still kind of like I got other crap to play and the grind is still intimidating? <laughs> I guess as of right this second, to be frank, it's I'm not immediately pulled back in. Uh, like I said, Prophecy Dungeon kind of caught my eye the most. Um, you know, it, it looked the least Destiny-ish, uh, which is not to not to speak against Destiny, but um, you know. Something I think really fresh and new. I think it would take to to pull me back in. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'll throw down the the challenge. If you want to, if you want to experience the content, we can we can try to find some time to grind some stuff out together. And yeah. the the truth is, if you want to experience the other two uh, dungeons, I don't know if you have to own any of the content to play some of the 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 other dungeons. I'm not sure about one that. of them was what Dreaming City, so that's got to be forsaken I don't content. Know if, yeah, but I don't know if you have to own. Because you don't have to own the content to access the Dreaming City. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But I don't know about the dungeon. Because I own the content, so I can't find out. Right. Like, if I try to launch it, it launches. Um, nonetheless, you would be of level to do the other two dungeons if you wanted to experience those right away. Sure. The only one you wouldn't be, and that's for free. That's New Light. You can just, you know hop in and it'll make you of level because everybody goes up to 750 instantly with new light and then with the new season like i say it gives you a 990 drop of a full set of stuff um so matt you haven't purchased any of the content for destiny 2 at all right so you got forsaken or anything no yeah i just i just purchased the base game okay but uh yeah i mean i'm for me the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is just seeing where all of this actually leads. What is actually going to come of their new seasonal model, whatever it is, um, and when the fruition and the bliss of having all that Destiny 1 content cycling in and out is actually going to happen. Um, I really look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the nostalgia for D1 stuff will probably bring me back and entice me to jump in and see what the hell's going on just because you know i haven't i haven't jumped back to destiny one since playing destiny two so that's been what two three years at this point so yeah. anything that sort of brings me back to that i'm you know i'm a nostalgic person so i i like revisiting stuff like that so giving me an excuse to do that would probably bring me back in i and you know we sort of talked about it before the the grind of this game is i think what's wearing on me the most so if there was a way, like Mike said, to just kind of jump in, experience content without having to grind for two weeks before experiencing said content, I would be much more likely to come back to this game more frequently. Yeah. But coming in and then knowing I have to do all this other crap just to get my light level up to play the stuff I want to play. And and I, I think I was telling Matt before we recorded, like I, I really haven't played Destiny hardcore for... A couple months, three months, six months. Some the, most of these seasons haven't really grabbed me. So maybe six months ish, I haven't really been in grinding, and I've been happier for it. I've been playing other things that I enjoy, and like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm I'm just wasting for nothing for a never ending game, and then having all that stuff be worthless by the time the next season comes out. Like I'm I'm better off this way. So I, it's a, it's a I can't stress enough. It's a really fun game to play. 
the mechanics are great. The shooting gameplay is great. The, I do enjoy the lore. I just, uh, yeah, just the, the time commitment involved with grinding to get to where I want to be to experience all the stuff that I want to experience is just, it, it's daunting. And right. After seven years of doing it, it's it's finally taken its toll. When I'm just like, I just let me play your game. <laughs> and I think there's a couple ins that, like I said before, like it would be nice if it was a once a year grind, and you had that whole year to grind your level up. Yeah. You know, I would be fine with that. Um, that would be nice, and it it would also, you know, I, I what I was gonna get to, I think, is like. The reason I think the Destiny 1 content is so important for Destiny 2 at this time is they have all this content that's already made that just needs updated. You know, it's, it's all this content that's already out there. You don't need creative behind it. You don't need, you know, any of the other stuff that goes into making that content. You just need to update it so that it works with the new game. Right. And that variety is so badly needed right now in Destiny 2. Because we go in and... Say so you want to play some strikes. They've added like three new strikes in the last two years. Yeah. Four. Four strikes in the last two years have been added. And other than that, the other 13 strikes that are in the game have been there since like year one. And it's just... Oof. It, it, it is not much yeah. uh, variety for what you're doing. You've played these hundreds of times by now to level up each season if you're a dedicated player and i i don't know what the total number of strikes is in destiny 1 12 15 something like that um whatever that number is having those in there too would just be so refreshing to have some uh, like that many different strikes you're not going to get so many repeat experiences when you go weekly to do your weekly three or nine strikes if you're doing all three characters or whatever right Whereas, you know, and then you got Nightfalls on top of it. And it's just, ugh, it's rough. <laughs> like, that's the only way to put it. it. It can be rough trying to level up when you're playing the same content over and over again. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of this at this point is a kind of wait and see approach. I think I think everything sounds good, but I think a lot of their content updates always sound good until we start Oh, they're very them. good at, they're, they're very good at hype. Yeah. Bungie has always been good at hype. I feel like every time they do one of these, I'm like, let's talk about it. And then like by the time we the stuff releases, and it's like, let's talk about what you thought. It's like me and Mike. No one else has jumped in and tried anything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll have to revisit and see. Maybe in the fall. Maybe not right at the start, but you know, maybe November ish or October, if anybody has jumped in and tried it. See, well, see what it, we think. It, and don't forget what Bungie has always said, and what would make the game a lot better for you, the friend game is the end game. You gotta get in there and play what your friends are playing, do what they're doing, and, I think and that's, a lot that, of it that's too. how it works. It's, it's, like a, the, it's a game meant to be played multiplayer. Yeah, I completely agree, because I've tried jumping in just by myself just to try to do stuff. I get so bored so easily by myself that I'm like, fuck this, I'm gonna play something else. The people that I used to play with all the time, like Romano and, and Eric, they were my fire team. They bailed out, and they got to the point where if they wanted to play, they had to grind to get to me, and then we had to grind together to get to the stuff we want to play. So it was just like it was too much. Everybody got and off track from that's everybody. that's what happened to and, me and you is I got so far out ahead of you. Right, yeah, yeah. And you got to grind to catch up to me, and it it becomes that pain in the butt to 
You know, like they, they said last year they wanted that to go away. They wanted the idea that, oh, my friends haven't caught up so they can't play the same content that I do right. to not be a thing anymore. But it still is. Yeah. And I think hopefully they can solve that soon. And that's the thing is like I the like, you know, the Mike and Eric, what we typically play now is Call of Duty, which we could all be different levels, but we can still jump into the same content and play the stuff the same. Yeah, you're not at a matter. disadvantage. Right. Like you may not have your gold custom weapon if you're behind, but you can still shoot the same and it still right. works the same and you know. So that's that's the type of game, at least multiplayer wise, that I've been gravitating toward. I do agree this this game is meant to be played with friends fire team three of people you know three people six people doesn't matter but this is not a and this is what andy constantly talked about too is he eventually started playing by himself and couldn't do what he wanted to do and then got bored with it and, and bailed out yeah you gotta have a fire team and you know not everybody like i can be a social butterfly and go out there and just meet new people and i don't care and have people to play with not everybody works that way. People want to play with their friends. They don't want to go find new friends right. to play the game with. That is much my preference, too. That's why I'm trying I mean, to I push Matt into, into jumping in <laughs> with me a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm not going to go out and play with strangers. I just, it's not gone well for me. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. You guys have anything? Any final thoughts for Destiny? Otherwise, we'll, we'll close it down here. Uh, not for me. Not currently. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. You can give us a share on social media. That'd be great. Uh, you can follow, subscribe to keep up with the show. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere that podcasts are, you can find us. Um, we have a Facebook page. You can search Bry Guy Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. Um, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, uh, interact with us there. Uh, you can try to email us, superfriends at gmail.com. I won't check it. It's there for show. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperFriends. That we'll see. Uh, we'll be able to talk to you there. And that's it for us. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining. First episode in the books. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah, good. On behalf of uh, Mike, 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 Matt, Mike, and too many M's. I can't keep track. On behalf of Matt, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.